Welcome to Did You See That? Brought to you by BetEase. Here are your hosts, Mark Adam and Brayden Augustine. Hello, hello. As you just heard Drew say, I am Mark Adam. I'm here with uh, my co-host, Brayden. Hello. And uh, today we have a guest, uh, Riley Smith. Yes, of the the Bombers organization, the, the group sales manager for the Winnipeg Football Club. Welcome, Riley. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, we uh, we're pretty excited to have you here because we uh, we know you have maybe a little more insight into what's been going on with the Bombers and and obviously the brand new brand new. Valor FC run by the same organization that runs the Bombers. That's right. So the Winnipeg Football Club also uh, takes care of them. They are not-for-profit. Pro- not How does that work exactly, by the way? Well, basically, we're, we're a community team. So it's not like we have one guy that owns the team or, or the teams or the organization. We, we're run by the community, so we have a, a board um, that will make the majority of our decisions. We do have obviously a president and CEO, but we don't necessarily have an owner. It's not like some other teams where you have one guy who ultimately calls the shots. Um, so it, it's pretty great uh, for myself in the, in the sales world. It's nice to know that when I'm talking to you, uh, saying we need your support, I'm, I'm dead serious. I need the community's support. You know, that's that's how <laughs> we survive. So um, it's nice, you know, being from the community and, and whatever, being able to uh, help support the community's team. So. Is it hard to garner support in Winnipeg? I feel like it probably isn't for the Bombers and this newly formed uh, Valor FC. Uh, Valor FC has the most um, founding member signups before the league starts of any of the teams that are already announced. That's right. Um, so, that I mean, like, is it hard for you to, as a sales manager, is your job super hard to sell tickets to the Bombers? Because I feel like they do pretty well at uh, selling groups and, and, and like, large, like, teams and things going to the games yeah for sure it's uh i wouldn't say it's hard but it's also not easy there's a lot that goes into it um for valor uh the support's been unbelievable i, I that's how you and i connected actually as i was wearing a valor uh, polo uh, at a golf tournament and you pointed it out so i was geeking out a little yeah bit. a little bit yeah. so um i think the support has been incredible we've got last time i checked and this was i'm probably way behind but we were over uh 2000 accounts signed that's up crazy. to be founding members so that's accounts not just tickets right and what's so, your founding member number uh mine i don't have one because i haven't signed up yet what a terrible group sales manager oh my god <laughs> fair enough and i i remember uh I got, i'll be at, i'll be at every game working right so <laughs> i don't uh i don't get the luxury of enjoying the game uh like you guys would so uh, that's that's fair. Uh, yeah. That said, I, I remember five twenty three, so I'm pretty excited. Nice. Uh, pretty excited about that. Uh, got in pretty pretty early in the rounds. I guess they signed up like three hundred people at the stadium that day, and then opened yeah. it up online. That's right. So anybody that was in attendance at the uh, announcement was able to come see myself or or one of the other guys in the, on the ticketing team, and they could sign up right then and there. Um, and then they had a special code that they could enter that they were given if they wanted to sign up later. And then I think it was 48 hours we opened it up to the general public, and, and that's when we really started to blow up. So Yeah, and it's I, I was at the uh, Meet the Coach event yeah. uh, at uh, Nicolino's yeah. last Thursday, I think it was, uh, and I met Rob Gale, and yeah. he was uh, articulate. He knew what his plan was. I mean, the guy's got... Uh, coaching pedigree his father was a professional football coach and in, in, uh, he did some work in Africa and England and he uh, he himself played for some uh, club teams and uh, he played here professionally with the Winnipeg Alliance that was an indoor team but still uh, he, he knows soccer inside out he coached with 
uh, the Can- Canadian national team for the under 17s, 16s, 19s, and U20s. 20s, yeah. yeah. So the guy, the guy knows knows the game. So uh, it was pretty cool to meet him there. And uh, he's only he's member like 255 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like even he didn't get in. You know, co- number one. Uh, was it Wade Miller that took? No, that number, one number one was Ace Burpee actually. Was it? Okay. Yeah, we had we brought him up on stage, gave him a T-shirt <laughs> and a scarf, and he signed up. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, was the mayor on hand for that? He was, yeah. Yeah, see, I, I missed that event. I really, really wanted to go. But uh, anyway, um, we, do we have any questions about uh, Valor FC? Because I, I, it's so far away. It's, the, it's 2019, right? So it's hard to really, like, delve super far into it. Um, is, there, is there any plan that you're aware of for the structure of how they're going to select their players? Um, not. I know... There's no structure from what I know, but the idea behind the league is to develop local talent, not just Winnipeg, but Canadian talent, um, especially with the 2026 World Cup with the selection um, of us and the shared bid with the U.S. and Mexico. Um, We want to be able to qualify for that as a country. So I think the timing is just impeccable with these teams and this league, the CPL. Um, There's going to be lots of homegrown talent that's going to be able to develop at a level that they weren't ever able to before. Um, Because up until, I believe it was two years ago, uh, the MLS considered Canadians to be import players. So they can only have X amount of those and to waste it, not waste, but the talent that you're going to find overseas somewhere would be higher quality than someone in Canada, whereas now we have that opportunity to play both CPL, MLS, and whatnot. So yeah, and the NASL is still around. Right. And, you know, so. and, and for university players, there's you know, U Sports and, Absolutely. and that kind of stuff. So there's, there's lots of... Uh, there's lots more, especially like with this league, it really opens up opportunities for players in Canada that never existed before. Like I grew up playing soccer in Canada, mm-hmm. and the the best I could hope for at the time, because there was no MLS right. when I was a kid. Like it formed in '92, I was already like nine years old. Like I, growing up playing soccer, that wasn't I wasn't like oh I want to play for Team Canada because there was no Team Canada. Like 1986, we made the. World Cup didn't score a goal, didn't win a game, right? <laughs> and we it was our only that was our only trip to the show, you know. Yeah. And f- for Canadians, there, there there just hasn't been a lot to like look forward to. So Canadian men, that is. Yes. Yeah. 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 The Canadian women's team is amazing, phenomenal. Yeah. Right. Um, and speaking of Winnipeg, uh, Desiree Scott uh, would be uh, a local that people always point out as as uh, having such a great impact on the game, mm-hmm. and a lot of people in Winnipeg know her. Like she's she's quite. Uh, quite social she's very open to being contacted and talked to and for sure so it's, it's pretty cool but uh yeah canadian men really have this new thing that's pretty exciting does that make it easier to sell tickets you think is that going to make your job easier if you if you start doing that for valor fc on the soccer side absolutely yeah i think <laughs> the uh the minor soccer world is so much larger than the minor football world so um my my previous job was working for a hockey team um where the minor hockey community is obviously massive in Canada and mm-hmm. I think soccer may very well be larger I don't have the numbers written down or anything but I just I know that they um, you know soccer's but it's not very expensive to play you get cleats and some shin pads and a ball and away you go um, it's not like hockey where you need all the equipment so I think more families are have that opportunity to play and um, so I think from a ticket sales standpoint there's going to be if you're on a minor soccer team, there's no reason for you not to come check out at least one game. The way we see it, if we divide it evenly by the number of teams that exist, 
um, we're looking at trying to have at least 14 teams per game. That's so. that's crazy. That's like 14, 20 times, right? Like right. Essentially. Right. So, um, you know, friends, family of, of the kids. And um, I'm hoping to be able to put together a program where the kids might be able uh, to play on the field, whether it be prior to or halftime. Like, like a Timbits kind of thing? Sure, like yeah. With, like, like with, the minor, with the minor programs getting to, to play, whether it be a full game or even just that halftime or something like that, uh, just to get the kids on the field and really get to experience uh, what the big guys get to do. That, that's really cool. Uh, yeah. Ticket prices, is that going to be an issue? No, the they haven't announced specifics yet, but uh, they've given us an average, essentially. From what I understand, they're going to be, you know, 20 to 40 bucks. Like, n- like nothing. reasonable. Right, yeah, like it'll be family-friendly. That's kind of the concept behind it is we want it to be family-friendly. We want um, lower-income families to be able to come out and enjoy um, this beautiful stadium that we have that uh, they might not have had the opportunity to before. Not that the football tickets are, are expensive. Because what's, what's an average uh, bomber ticket? So group, pri- group pricing, our bucks. average is about uh, $30, $35. Yeah. The, uh, we can go all the way. We have youth pricing for a couple different sections. That can be as cheap as um, you know, 15 20 bucks depending on the uh, – or sorry, yeah, about 15 20 bucks depending on uh, where you're sitting. Um, all the way up to you know 120 if you want to get uh, the good stuff the the, <laughs> yeah. the premium seating right so yeah. but uh, there's not a bad seat in that house and I don't just say that because I work there I've sat no, I've I, I've sat in some seats yeah. that I was like oh this is gonna be rough and it was great so, I've sat at the lowest price point I've sat at the highest price point and there's pros and cons to everything so um, but there's families it has nothing to do with the pricing but they just haven't been to a football game because maybe they're not football fans or they're they're new immigrants to Canada and they've never seen football before but. Mm-hmm. They grew up with soccer, or they probably called it football, and now they <laughs> yeah. have the opportunity to uh, to come check out this beautiful stadium, and and there's going to be 14 more events there a year. So, Winnipeg's uh, Winnipeg soccer scene is is pretty large. Like I, I moved mm-hmm. here in 2014 from Halifax, and I was pretty active in the soccer community there. But when I moved here, I was thrown back by how how many soccer people that were like. You know, in, in Halifax, we have, like, men's first, second, third, and then there's, like, the, the rec one and two. And here there's, like, men's – well, there's the Premier League, obviously, in both provinces, but there's Premier League here, then it goes one through, like, nine. That's how many teams there are. That's how many soccer players there are in Winnipeg at the men's level. So the, how many, like, minor teams there are. Like, it's it's insane how large mm-hmm. the soccer community is here in Winnipeg. That's got to be something you – you're going to be able to tap into. Yeah, I've already been in contact with some of the guys over at Canlan and just discussion discussions on getting them involved with the men's league and the women's league there. Um, there's just so many, like you said. Again, and like I said, there's soccer is just an easy sport to play. You get anybody can play it, right? You just get out there and you play. You don't need yeah. anything special. So um, we'd love to to partner with any kind of league and get uh, as many people out as we can to be able to check this new league out, new team out, because I think it's going to be amazing. Yeah, I'm pretty excited for it. As a, as a, as a soccer fan, I grew up playing soccer. Mm-hmm. It's it's super exciting. That's why I was pretty excited to have you in to get any any and all insights on that uh, that we could. Um, you don't officially have a position yet with Valor because they're still building all that, but you, right. it's got to be assumed that they're, you know, with this Winnipeg Football Club, you got to be... Yeah, I think I think there's going to be some crossover. Um, so right now I'm the group sales manager um, for the Bombers, and um, there hasn't really been a deep discussion about what I'll be doing for the soccer team, if anything. 
Um, but if it were up to me, I'd like to, to manage both. So um, if I get the choice, I'll definitely be, uh, be right in there. But it's not my decision at the yeah, end of the day. So, uh, But uh, we'll see. And I think we're, we're going to build on our sales team. So we have a team of myself plus uh, three right now. Um, on the group sales, plus we have obviously corporate sales and, and such. Um, but my team is myself plus three. And uh, if we do uh, join the soccer and the football together, um, hopefully we can add a couple more and uh, go from there. So at the top level is Valor FC's corporate structure. I say corporate, it's community run, but mm-hmm. like their corporate structure, is it the same as the Bombers? Um, well, right now we're kind of just one organization still. Like um, there hasn't been any kind of split aside from community, or sorry, um, like our, our relations. We have a relations person for the team, um, Michelle, who came over from... I met her uh, Yeah, last so week. she would have been with uh, Coach Rob and... Um, she's kind of the only one who's officially taken over a soccer role because that's a, obviously a very important role with um, with having our, our coach and GM announced and just having announcements come out here and there. So um, she's kind of the only one who's... Uh, yeah, there she is. <laughs> she's... Uh, she pulled her business card out of yeah. my pocket. So we... Uh, I think that's just something that over the next few months you'll see more announcements take place. Assistant coaches and um, different positions within the organization so awesome awesome uh i'm pretty excited to see if there's any positions that i could possibly fill because <laughs> i even if they're like because i imagine like some certain positions will be pretty pretty part-time only when there's a home game that kind of thing right that that kind of stuff really interests me so part uh, of the promo team <laughs> well, i could be go. i uh i'm pretty pumped about this i'm gonna be honest um i'm i i don't think it's a, a secret out there that i i've not been a massive fan of winnipeg since moving here four years ago uh, but this is something that gives me a lot of hope for something to really sink my teeth into and, and you know, become a part of, uh, whether it is as a, just as a fan, mm-hmm. a supporter, or, or as somebody as part of the organization. Well, and it's funny that you say that because when I mentioned new immigrants, I mean, you're not a new Canadian immigrant, but you're new to Winnipeg. Yeah. And so exactly what you just said is what we're trying to accomplish with new Canadian immigrants who haven't had the opportunity to... Um, see a hockey game or see a football game and, and really become part of the of the culture here in Winnipeg and this will really give them something to be a part of and and feel like this is now their home you know so um, that is something we've discussed and and we're really excited to to invite a whole new group of fans into into our stadium can you talk about the logo the Valor FC the design of it yeah uh, just just let us like it, it's available on the website. You can go read it up, but uh, just give us the rundown real quick, like the, the basics. Um, basically, so it's it's a V and a W kind of combined um, for Winnipeg and Valor. Um, the name obviously comes from uh, Valor Road. If you don't know the story behind it, visit our website. Um, it's all on there. It's a pretty amazing story. Um, the logo itself, um, it's got the two rivers crossing behind, which, again, uh, represents Winnipeg. Um, the colors, you've got the, the red in there, which is the, if I'm not mistaken, the color of the Valor medal. Um, and, uh, you got some weed up top to represent the main export of the province. That was wheat, not weed. Wheat. Yeah, weed. Yeah, not yet. Uh, (laughs) Not yet. Uh, wheat. Yes. yes. Wheat. With the hard age. Wheat. October 17th. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, yeah, the, the the story of the logo is 
It's awesome. If it's you, I don't, I don't do it justice. If you, if you visit our website, um, you'll be able to see. There's a video on there of how we named the team and how we got our logo, and it's very, very well done. Um, and the, the colors they chose are great. Right. Like, I, I'm super, like, sometimes you see, like, oh, this is my team. I'm going to support them. And you look at the logo, and you're like, oh. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that's, like, if I was a, one of the Mighty Ducks fans when they first started, I'd be like, oh, right. really? Come on, Disney. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are a few logos like that in sports. but Yeah, uh, there, there's a few. But, we uh, won't name names. <laughs> but, well, I just did. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, but you. you. But I was, I'm really, I, I really do like the logo. It's beautiful. It's elegant. It's classy. It's, uh, it's not, I definitely didn't expect such a, such a neat logo to come right out of the gate. It's, what was it? Earth black, wheat gold, and uh, valor maroon are the three colors mm-hmm. that they're using there. Right. The name. It's, anyway, like, like Riley said, go to the website, valorfc.canpl.ca is the website. Yeah. Because it's a subsection of the Canadian Premier League. So yeah. canpl.ca. I think you can also get there at valorfc.club, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, yeah. sweet. Yeah. That's a, uh, that's a, that's Probably a, easier. That's yeah. much easier. <laughs> valorfc.club is way easier. Because uh, I've been typing in valorfc, and my, yeah. my browser now just knows that I'm going there. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, if you didn't know. So valorfc.club, check it out. Um, yeah, valorfootball.club. Oh, there we oh, go. Oh, I'm looking at, uh, I'm looking at Michelle's. There you go, ValorFootball.club. ValorFootball.club. Hashtag for Valor. I, I love the whole story of it. Yeah. Uh, but let's move on. Let's talk about the Bombers for half a second uh, since we have you here. Uh, first game of the year. Rookie quarterback. Almost pull it out. Almost. That was – I was really impressed. Yeah, that, uh, was, uh, that was quite the game. If you, were, uh, if you were there and you stuck around, we thank you very weather. much. Yeah. <laughs> Two weather delays. Uh, personally, I had an 18-hour work day that day. I was there to the bitter end. Yikes. Um, if you take away those two rain delays, it was a fantastic football game. Obviously not the, the result that we wanted, but um, yeah. But you can't blame it on the rookie. No, he looked he very good. He played awesome. The offense played awesome. There were just mm-hmm. no defense, it felt like. Yeah, I mean, it was a bit of a struggle. Um, it's still early in the year. Yeah, I yeah. think the talent the talent is there on both sides of the ball to get it done. And uh, the um, we got a game this Saturday, uh, 7.30 at the, the stadium. If you don't have your tickets yet, make sure you get them. Uh, just a quick <laughs> plug there for you. Call Riley uh, if you want to go, yeah, of course. Give me a shout. Um, I'll help you out. But, um, yeah, he's, uh, he's looked very well. Matt Nichols uh, has been spotted practicing, so... Um, I don't know if he's playing yet. Insider info. Yeah, insider info. That's out there. But <laughs> yeah, <of course. laughs> um, I don't know if he'll be starting or not yet. But uh, we'll see. He's off the. He's officially off the IR. So um, that's, it's that's good to know us. that we have two two guys back there that can manage an offense. It's uh, pronounced really pronounced it because I kept calling him Scrivener, but on the TV they kept calling him Strevner. <laughs> Strevler. 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 I. Yeah. I was pronouncing it wrong it's, the whole time. I don't really think it's spelt. Like how it sounds, but hey. Yeah, that's fine. That's um, fine. There's a lot of names like that, though. Oh, of course. Like that's Satan. I mean, Satan. <laughs> <laughs> Miroslav Shatan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, yeah I think uh, that first uh, week, like lost to Edmonton, I think it's the game that kind of shows the most about who the Bombers are. Because week mm-hmm. two, they have that blowout win in Montreal over the Alouettes. And everybody's and gonna be blowing the Alouettes out. Why? Well, like, ah, they beat Saskatchewan. I, I was just gonna say I don't know they if they broke the Alouettes their uh, are. against was it Hamilton? No, 
They broke their like it was like twelve game yeah, losing whatever, streak or something since last season. Jeez. Yeah, they, I just don't know if they're necessarily the team that you gain the most information about your team from <laughs> right. playing against them. Good point. Right? Yeah, um, and then which was yeah last week against Hamilton that was just not. No, not the Bombers' best performance. A blip on say. the map, we'll say. Yeah, exactly. But uh, one thing I would take away from the game against Hamilton, obviously, again, obviously not the result we wanted, but uh, it was no blowout. Um, it was still close the majority of the game. And uh, mm-hmm. if you look at uh, Strevler play that game, especially with the, if you watch the game or even saw the highlights, you saw some of the the mic'd up moments. And he's, he's just an animal out there. He just loves to compete. So... Um, I think that's a really good sign, not just for this season, but for the future that we have a young kid like that fresh out of college. Um, I mean, Matt Nichols is still our guy, and he will be our guy, um, you know, for the next few years uh, at least. And um, I'm very excited to have him back. But it's good to know that we, the Bombers, I've, personally, I've been a fan since uh, the day I was born in 1991. And if you're a fan, <laughs> you know that they won in 1990. So I have not seen a Grey Cup since I was born. Um, so rough, I, rough, yeah, so, rough. but, uh, I've been a season ticket holder since I was 16 on my own dime. So, um, yes, I work for the team now, but, uh, always been a passionate fan. So, um, it's really exciting to see, you know, there's this, it's been a long time since we've had such cohesiveness and such, there's a uh, buzz. Yeah, there about is. the city around them. And the team has been the same for the last few years. Like, we've had consistency. We've had the same quarterback. We've had the same running back. Uh, well, two running backs, and if you count, uh, uh, no, I'm not going to remember his name. Dressler? Uh, no, that's the receiver, but yeah. Andrew oh. Harris, Johnny oh, Augustine. Johnny Augustine, yeah, the Harris Canadian. The uh, anyways, I'm going to pink hair. I might forget his name. Anyways, uh, so he well he's been injured. That's why. Uh, but anyways, There's we've got problem. you know a decent receiving core the last few years, and now we've got a great receiving core with some Canadian kids, um, Nick Dembski and yeah. Wolotarski coming out. So it's good to see that we've been really good the last couple of years, and we've gotten better. We haven't kind of regressed at all. So um, as a, a long lifetime fan, it's it's uh, it's really exciting. Yeah. There was a. I, w- I want to get your opinion on the mic'd up stuff though. Um, I don't like it. Yeah, it's. Mm-hmm. I I love the concept of it, mm-hmm. but I mean, at a at a certain point, even the commentators were like, "Did you swear this much when you played in the game?" Like, <laughs> there's there's a lot of like you can't let kids watch that stuff. Like, I, I, you can't. That's I, the problem with it. I think. I think what a lot of people in the broadcasting field have kind of had either go over their head or kind of missed out on is you have to realize that these are professionals and they're playing a competitive game, right? And you're taking yourself and you're putting them into their position, like by micing them up and and being on the sidelines and doing all these things to try to make the fan experience better uh, throughout the broadcast, you're, you're taking these elements and you're putting it into something and you don't know where it's going to go, right? And then you get all surprised and you get all like, kind of hurt when they start swearing too much or or whatever or say something offensive it's like well you're putting yourself into their scenario right you kind of have yeah. to you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt and say okay these are professionals playing a game that's competitive this is what they do for their living we we can't hold it against them that they're taking it seriously no right? and and I know but it just I, seems like a, and I'm not a little saying bit of a should. lack of judgment I, yeah i'm not saying we should take it against like you know, hold it against them. What I what I am saying is we shouldn't have 
you know, microphones that close to that many curse words. I, I just for for the kids' sake. Right. Like if you watch like if you watch a hockey game, they'll do a mic'd up game, but they don't do live mics. They record mm-hmm. it and then they'll show they'll you, you the highlights. highlights. Yeah. So they can bleep mm-hmm. stuff out and Which makes more sense. You can't tell me you've never sworn at your job, right? You've never whether you work at a desk or whatever, you can't tell me you've never, you know, broken out an F bomb. So Oh, we we drop the F bomb even on this podcast sometimes, but but at my desk, like it's part of yeah. My grammar. Yeah. <laughs> if you listen to me in my office, you'll hear, it, yeah. Yeah. It's quite like, a few. Uh, I, I use them as commas sometimes. Like yeah. I, I, yeah. They're just they're just part of like the sentence. And I don't know if that's because I'm from the East Coast or if I'm just an asshole, but <laughs> maybe both, one way yeah. or the other. Okay, you know what? It could be little column A, little yeah. column B, yeah. you know. But, uh, oh, and I just uh, kicked the mic stand. Sorry, guys. The one rule you gave me, you put a lot, man. But yeah, I don't know. What are you doing, Adam? I just don't. I I can't agree with people holding it against, not not necessarily the the people in this room, but broadcasters or other people saying, like, how could they swear so much? Right. It's like. Don't put a mic on them. Well, either don't put a mic on them or just take it with a grain of salt and realize they're doing a job, right? If If you're sitting at your desk and you swear, if I put a mic in your face and you do it, do I get to get mad at you? Like, yes, no. Because they're doing the same thing. They're still they're playing a competitive sport as their job. You're yeah. going to have to expect that to happen. Yeah, listen, there are jobs where like you can't swear. You can't swear if you're an elementary school teacher while you're working. Uh, <laughs> you, can, you can't swear. <laughs> At least in front of the kids, yeah. you can't swear. I said while you're working. Uh, so you can't, you you're can't swear uh, if you're a radio broadcaster and because, or if you're a television personality. There's jobs you can't swear at. M- mine in my office here... I can I can swear as much as I want. Right. I, I think the difference between that is if you're a radio broadcaster or a TV announcer, these things, you know your voice is being broadcasted to the public and you have these kind of limitations that have been set on you that you have to work around no matter what. Mm-hmm. If you're a professional player, you don't know if you're going to be mic'd up at this time of the game or at that time of the game, right? They just take and put you on live whenever they feel like doing it, whenever they think they need to add something to the broadcast. So you might be talking about situation A or whatever, and you don't know that it's going to go live. All of a sudden it is, and now it's, right? Oh, like yeah, it's not, it's not really the right? same. Yeah. Like, you don't I, know I, when you're going to be my, put on. So how do you, you, do you don't, have to send you to yourself the entire game? Listen, if I'm, an, if like I'm one of those athletes, I don't, they put a mic on me. That's on you. Yeah, like exactly. That's, no, exactly. That's up, care, that's up yeah. to the broadcaster. And I think TSN, who is the broadcaster mm-hmm. that's doing their live, uh, like, mic'd up stuff, I think they're, the concept is solid. The execution is poor. You can't, you can't mic up these, like you said, these mm-hmm. guys who are, like, in this intense, yeah. competitive moment. Right. They're not thinking that, oh, wait, there's a mic on me, I shouldn't say. They're thinking about what the next play is. Yeah, I, gotta, I, I have to turn my aggression level up to 10 right. because I'm about to take that guy's effing head off. Mm, you know, like, exactly. that's the, that's what's running through their brain. So, like, it, it's, up to, it's up to the broadcaster to not air that. And I, th- I think... Until they figure out a way to do it properly, they should stop doing the live games. I think it was a it was a bad decision to continue, and they're going to do they're it all doing season. That. Yeah, they're doing more. So. They're doing all season. I'm they have like a yeah. whole bunch of them this year. I'm sure they'll take a look at it and figure something out. I have a feeling they'll probably end up going to how the NHL does it, where it's either on a delay or whatever. And don't get me wrong, I. I'm not offended by the swearing. Right, I don't care <laughs> yeah. personally. Well, yeah. But, my, just, but I can't. I can't sit and watch a game with my three-year-old daughter in the room. Yeah, right. That's the problem, right? Yeah, I, I think 
that's where they kind of miss the ball with this one is if you're trying to market the game as a family friendly thing as a family friendly experience not just being in the stadium but also watching it on TV or, right. or wherever well you've just cut out everyone probably what 15 and younger yeah essentially right like I mean unless so, uh, you know there, there's some parents out there that don't well care obviously like there's some yeah. parental guidance in there but st- like at the end of the day most parents they don't let their young children get kind of sworn at either use that language or hear that language just whenever right yeah so i think like you said it's i think it's a good idea i think there's just some legwork to be done on it I, yeah exactly. i think they need to flush the idea out a little more yeah i love the concept i really like that you're that much closer to the players and like you said like you're now in their situation i just think they need to they need to rethink yeah. the application yeah that's all mm-hmm. uh anything else on the bombers what do, what do, I got nothing. What are their odds to make the playoffs? Odds? To make the Ooh. playoffs, I think it's a no-brainer. I mean, yeah. it's a tough it's it's a tough West division. Yeah. Um, if you're a CFL fan, you know the the West is always tough. Um, on our side, we get Saskatchewan twice at home, which is always amazing. Um, yeah, that's good. And last year, so I always go to the Labor Day game in Regina. Um, another quick plug, if you want to join me this year, we are hosting the official Blue Bomber <laughs> trip to Regina for there the Labor go. Day game. Oh, yeah. I'll be hosting on the bus. Uh, so it's $400 plus GST. It covers uh, your bus ride there and back. Um, obviously, transportation to it from the game. Uh, ticket to the game, um, which are actually really good tickets. I'll let you know where they are if you call me. Um, and then you get uh, two nights stay hotel and, and everything, plus... We're doing um, Blue Bomber hats for everybody that uh, signs up with a commemorative patch that you were on the first ever bus. Um, And we're going to be doing a ton of giveaways on the bus as well. So um, All that for 400 bucks. Yeah. That is sick. It's going to be, plus you get to listen to me yell on the microphone the whole way out there. So for six hours. Okay, maybe. I'm out. How about 350? (laughs) 350, yeah. But back to to your question. Um, We we get Saskatchewan twice at home as opposed to last year. We had them twice on the road. Yeah. I was at both of those games and that's a tough place to play. Um, We actually got one, which was great. Uh, But to win twice there is near impossible. Um, Oh, yeah no matter how skilled their team is. So um, that's a bonus that we get them here twice this year. Um, Wes is going to be tough, but I think uh, we'll pull it out. We'll get in there somehow. And if uh, Matty Ice, Matt Nichols can stay healthy, then um, then we have a definite shot to take it all, I think. I think we're built to win this year. I really do. So uh, I think deep. a lot of fans thought so last year. Uh, yeah. There was, there was obviously some missing pieces, but they were making it work. Like you said, like the... Well, there was cohesiveness. Some yeah, unfortunate events that happened last year. Right. We finally, have like the the things that cost us last year, losing Matt Nichols in the playoffs. Right. These things we finally have, kind of a competent enough replacement for exactly. Them. And uh, that's why. Sorry to cut you off. I no. think I think having. Um, so last year, Nichols was not healthy. Like you could yeah, see it. He, of course. He, is, he had some issues, right? And uh, speaking to him. Uh, before the season started, he said he felt 100%. Um, so this injury was kind of just a freak thing. But uh, hopefully he's 100% going in. And, and if, heaven forbid, he does go down, you have a guy that's now got three games plus some preseason under his belt. Yeah. Um, so you don't have someone who's never played being thrown in. And not only has he played, but he's played well. Yeah, he's shown that he can kind of right. play with uh, 
play with the team and do what he needs to to get to. You saw if you watch NFL, you saw Philadelphia win with a with a backup. So you know, in order to win, you need two good quarterbacks. In my opinion, I get I get super upset about that because Nick Foles should have been the guy from the start. But anyway, I'm not going to get into (laughs) that. That's a whole other story. That's a whole other thing. (laughs) That's a whole other thing. I I went off on that five years ago when he when Nick Foles was in Philadelphia. He was their guy, and they. They screwed him. It doesn't matter. The point is, they, well, they, they, they no matter how bad they screw him, he still won a uh, Super Bowl. So and it doesn't the Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just, don't think he cares anymore. <laughs> no. It just it just boggles my mind that it took them five years to figure it out. I mean, anyway, it it's matter. fine. Uh, <laughs> I'm not even a Philly fan. I was, uh, but I am. I am absolutely a Nick Foles fan. Um, Apparently. That said, uh, do you have any insights on Johnny Manziel? Any insights? Anything that maybe we wouldn't have heard, like uh, some. No, I I know bombers are not interested in him. I can tell you that. <laughs> I mean, we've got yeah. two guys. We don't need a third. No, no, no. Uh, I'm not. I'm not talking about his movement. Yeah. Like, how, how do you think he's going to do in the CFL? Um, do you think he's going to perform? Do you think he's going to? So I listened to flame out. I I followed it decently close. Um, I listened to his podcast actually so I listen to him and they do talk a lot about the differences for him coming up and playing the Canadian game and it's a little bit ignorant to be honest like with the people that he's talking to they know nothing about Canada so it's kind of pissing me off but uh, being a proud Canadian but yeah, how are you uh, going to practice while you're living in your igloo right exactly that's essentially what they <laughs> of say course. yeah so, so you play in snow every week yeah no but uh, he so he's still we're now week going into week four yep. and he is still learning the game yeah. By his own uh-huh. words, he's still learning the game. So And Mazzoli is... And Mazzoli's been he's playing been awesome. like an MVP. Like, he's a top he's, three quarterback in the league right like, now, so... Yeah, like, po- poor Manziel right. <laughs> goes there, thinks he's going to get a start. Right. And probably yeah. won't, I think unless something happens to Mazzoli. I think yeah. that's a little bit of a... Either a lack of judgment on his part to, like, not kind of look into the game and see what team needs him or he wouldn't have known the difference they had his rights though right that's true I was going to say or he just doesn't have a choice like either no other team wants him or as you have said I think it might be a bit of both and I think like you're telling me Montreal couldn't use him like Montreal would have taken him for sure so I think what the issue is or Toronto right now like I don't know how Franklin's going to do with uh, Ricky Ray going down but they got to give him a few weeks anyways because they signed him for a reason but um, Johnny, I think he's still learning the game. And just listening to him speak, he's well, unless he's completely lying, but he he said he's happy where he is right now. He he realizes he was out of the game for so long for two years or ho- mm-hmm. however long it was. So he's gotta now get back into playing form with a whole new game, right? It's like essentially whole yeah. playing a whole new sport, essentially, right? Yeah. So he's almost yeah, like the the plays are all different because everything's. Like balls three bigger, downs, it changes. It downs changes are different. Everything. Fields bigger. There's so many different variables that you don't realize. So he's got to learn it. So I, I think give him a year to learn, and maybe you know he gets in. Maybe Tiger Cats are clinched at the end of the year, and he gets into their last game or something like that, and uh-huh. he gets some some snaps. And then next year he can go somewhere where he's needed and, and get a starting gig. But I don't think this year he's going to do anything crazy unless there's an injury. But I but, think but he'll think, be good. I you, you really think, do. You think he's going to adopt, uh, adapt? Sorry, I think to so. Canadian I think game? so because right. he's working hard at it. From what I understand, like he's completely changed who he is as a person, going through all that personal stuff that he went through, and you know whether you believe him or not. I mean, there's some stuff that was going on there, and he's kind of fixed himself, corrected the things that he didn't like, and he's now back where he belongs on the football field, and he's doing what he loves, and and I think he's working hard, and he he always says he's just. 
you know, whether it's Canada or U.S., NFL, CFL, he's just happy to be on the field where he belongs with teammates. And so, you know, I hope he does well just for for his sake because I think he, I think deep down he's actually a good dude. I think, I think his, his, his attitude has been right about the whole CFL yeah. thing. Absolutely. Yeah, I was just going to say, speaking on his attitude, um, now I don't know how, how true it is, but TSN, when he first kind of announced that he was going to play in Hamilton, whatever, they were talking about how he was – how oftentimes the CFL for ex-NFL players gets used as kind of a way to show that they can still play right. to then get another gig in the NFL, right? Yeah. And he was talking about during this press conference how he was he came to the CFL not to try to get his way back into the NFL, but just, just to play football. To play football, exactly. Yeah. And I think that really says something to his character because we've seen players in the past, you know, Ricky Williams with Toronto and uh, <laughs> other players who have. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be the best player in the CFL, and then they come up and they're... Ricky Williams was not even, like, a top... I was going to say, he was, like, not even... Running back. He was, like, not even, like, quote-unquote mediocre. Right. Like, he was below average in the league. Right. So... Because he didn't understand the game, and he didn't care to learn. Exactly. And I think that's big for Manziel, is learning the game and putting the time and the effort into right. actually learning how to play in the CFL versus, okay, this is just a, a quick pit stop before whatever NFL team decides, mm-hmm. hey, let's give him another shot. Like, I think yeah. he's burned enough bridges in the NFL, in my he's, opinion. He's not going back to the NFL. Oh. Well, like, yeah, I think I'm, he has to do a lot if he wants to. Well, I, if you're an NFL team and you pick him up, you're nuts. Listen, listen. If, Unless you need to sell tickets. Valor FC yeah, exactly. is exactly. There's the big one. I'm 35 years old. I'm a, I'm a very, very good soccer player, but my <laughs> form sucks right now. Like, I am way out of shape. If I get yeah. back in shape by next year and I get selected to that team... <laughs> That is a scathing indictment of the league, <laughs> <laughs> and you know what I mean. So, and I think the same goes for um, for for Manziel in the NFL, with the quality of the quarterbacks that every team has in the NFL, including Cleveland. Like Cleveland is, <laughs> it's a, that's a, it's, it's a giant. I'm not gonna comment. Black hole anymore. <laughs> it's a black hole uh, for Whoa. for anybody that goes there. Hot but anyway. Take. There's enough quality talent that if you bring Manziel into your organization as an NFL team, you're broken. You like you've already lost. I mean, the NFL know? has done enough like kind of eye-opening things recently, so I think that's not necessarily that far-fetched. But the CFL doesn't have that that much uh, choice. And that they're they're not spoiled for options when it comes to certain positions. Yeah. Quarterback being one of them. Yeah. You know, so so to have a player of Manziel's quality who could actually play in the NFL, but obviously screwed the pooch on all that attitude wise and then he had his own, like you said, personal stuff and you know, I think I think the CFL is a good fit for a guy like him. Right? I mean it remains to be seen, but I'm just I, saying. I see, it could, I see how it could be a. Positive. I would like to think that it is, mm-hmm. uh, and and I'm not a Manziel Let's fan. Hope. I'm not. I'm not. You know, over here going like, oh, finally he's got his he's got his opportunity. I I honestly don't care one way or the other whether he does good or bad. I just think it's good for him and for the league that he's given this opportunity and that uh, the CFL now has this moment of like. Because it does give the CFL visibility that, wow, they brought this guy on and he's not even a starter, and the guy that's playing is kicking ass. 
So right. you know yeah. what I mean? Like it looks it looks good on the CFL. I think so because it's gonna it's gonna draw eyes from the U.S. There's uh, I have a couple friends in Texas that have now started watching CFL. Um, I've ran into wow. people in different uh, different places that I've traveled that have mentioned before Johnny that because now they show it this year it's on ESPN two. They basically say like I I, I watch it. Because there's nothing else to watch from. If they're, if you're not a baseball fan right now, yeah, what are you watching? You know, like literally not in it for <laughs> for team sports, right? Right now we're lucky because we have World Cup, but that's, that's all during the day. So at night, what are you gonna? Yeah. If you don't like baseball, what are you gonna watch? So, um, and for I, I, massive I'm one football of those fans, don't like I was gonna say like they're huge baseball football guys, fans, right? I don't yeah. really care what kind of football. It's football's and, a religion down in the well, states. Well, yeah, and if a lot of the guys that play here went to college or obviously are from the states, so they have people. That hey, I remember that guy from the college that I pay yeah. attention to, and they get to to see them. Oh yeah, they're still they're still out there balling, and um, I some think of them kicking Johnny. Ass. Yeah, Johnny's a big name that people can now. Okay, I'm gonna watch the Hamilton game Friday night. They have no idea what Hamilton is. They turn it on and they see. Oh, he's not even playing. He's and then they the watch bench. and they see. Oh man, this that guy's guy dominating. Right, like Jeremiah is playing very well, and uh, that's something again. Him and his agent talk about on his podcast is like. Jeremiah is playing really well right now. Like he can't even fault them for not playing Johnny because <laughs> yeah. they're winning and they have not been used to winning the last three years mm-hmm. in Hamilton. So you can't really argue with uh, with success. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's it's been great for uh, the CFL that uh, it's been you know the torch has been passed around a little bit recently. With it hasn't been like a dominating like. Calvillo and Montreal and oh, like yeah. Montreal That's versus Rough Riders. Montreal Rough Riders. Montreal Rough Riders. And I'm an Alouettes fan. I grew up an Alouettes fan. I'm from the East Coast, remember? Right. So like, don't jump on me because I'm not from Winnipeg. So, uh, but I grew up an Alouettes fan. And watching uh, Cahoon and Calvillo and uh, you know all these guys like uh, Richardson was great when he was there and you know catching balls left, right, and center. And, you know, set records yeah. like. You know, winning, winning, winning great cup after great cup, and and you know at least getting to the great cup. And right. Like they were a dynasty. Like absolutely. Were just that, between good, between yeah. them and and the, the Rough Riders, it seemed like there was yeah. just like for years it was just it was one of those two, you know. And give credit to the fact that there's only like nine teams in the league and eight at the time. Eight to nine, yeah. <laughs> Not nine now, but at the yeah. time there was eight. Yeah. So like. It is a different game, and but but kudos to to him for I, I I didn't listen to the podcast, so I didn't realize he had such a like positive outlook on it. That's yeah, cool. no, he and he kind of they've started doing it's it's brand new. Like he, they're only adding three episodes in, and they he um, will just kind of bring up a Canadian rule every week because he's not only is it fun for everyone to hear, but he's actually learning these rules and uh, he's learning like special teams rules. So it goes to show he's t- trying to learn everything, right? Like he wants well, as to know, a QB, you need to know. you need to know everything. So yeah. he, and he's not just focusing on his playbook; he's focusing on everything. So yeah, he's he wants to be that complete player, That's at, good. like he was in college. Yeah, he wants to be that guy. exactly. He wants to be college. Yeah. College Manziel, but here. Right. And I'd love to see him succeed, just not against the Bombers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He can win every other game for Bingo. all I care. Yeah. That's like, listen, and I'm a Valor FC fan, but I'm going to be super torn when they play the Wanderers. Yeah. I am, because yeah. I'm a Halifax kid. I grew right. up in Halifax, you know. Uh, I played competitive soccer there all growing up. Yeah. Uh, and I, I really want to see Halifax do well. So I'll be torn. I'll yeah. be torn. It's a tough one. It is. It is. For, for a guy who grew up. You know, in, it's kind of like any kind of like any hockey fan in the city, where if you're you know mid mid to late twenties or younger, 
you probably grew up having a team that wasn't from Winnipeg because you didn't have one. Because there wasn't one, yeah, for right? yeah, 15 years they were gone. And so now that they're back, like there's some people like myself that have just completely jumped ship and, and you're all Winnipeg proud. But there's if, you, if you've ever been to a Jets game, no matter who they're playing, there's always a jersey from the other team next oh, to you yeah. because – you know, someone's a Calgary fan and or I'm a Leafs Habs fan, fan or Habs fan, right? Yeah. So I, everybody's I got a – yeah, I was a Canucks fan for the longest time because watching the Moose play, all those guys went up, you know, to – and for to the longest the Canucks, time, yeah. the core, aside from the Twins in Vancouver, was Moose players. Kessler, Burroughs, Bieksa, all those guys. So I saw them play here. Yeah. And so that's why I liked, but, you know, I lucked out because the timing was they started to regress, right, as the Jets came into the league. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah that's So it's kind of nice. Like, hey. <laughs> now my other team is starting to get better, and it's perfect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's great. No, uh, but, yeah, like, so, you know, fandom being what it is, uh, I think the, the, the your, your job as a sale, group sales guy is probably not the hardest in the league. Um, com- compared to other teams, yeah, like where where yeah. where would doing your job? What team in the CFL would you have the hardest time? Well, it's really hard to say because so anyone who knows the CFL knows the Argos struggle with attendance, but Toronto is such a massive city. There's always somebody to call and bug about tickets. Whereas Winnipeg, you're kind of limited just because population isn't as dense mm-hmm. dense as somewhere like Toronto or Montreal. So you have you know, big city, little interest, and small city, big interest. So it's it's hard to judge that from my job. From a total ticket sales perspective, obviously, if you pay any kind of attention, the answer is Toronto because they struggle with uh, mm-hmm. with a championship team selling tickets. They've won two yeah. great cups in the last four years or three years, whatever it's been, and they can't sell tickets. So yeah, it's I, tough. That's brutal. It's yeah, tough. I think Toronto is just... Like the Argos are the the kind of fourth team that everybody looks to for. Well, yeah, because what are they like? It's there, the yeah. Leafs, then it's the Raptors, Raptors then it's the Jays. TFC, the Jays, then it's the TFC. TFC's fans are nuts. Like they sell yeah. out games there. I've been. I went to a game as a a Whitecaps fan. Um, I went to a TFC game there, and it was uh, it was awesome. Yeah, yeah my, par- my parents went too. Fr- yeah. From Halifax, they went to see the TFC play. Yeah, and they were like, "This is." Phenomenal, mm-hmm. yeah. phenomenal. I mean, my dad are Impact fans. Yeah, and the Blue Jays are Blue Jays this year because they're not doing so well. Their fan their fan base has kind of simmered down a bit. But the last five years or so, even mm-hmm. last year as a non playoff team, they were like number one in attendance. So Toronto does support their teams when they do well. It's just the Argos just seem to be, and I think it's because, and I've, if you've been to Toronto or anywhere in Southern Ontario, you know Buffalo is just a hop, skip, and a jump away. So I think everyone there is right. So they're Bills fans. So they just drive for an hour and they can go watch NFL. And not to say that NFL is better than CFL because I disagree when people tell me that. I think it's just two completely different games. The hype is way better. Right. The marketing is way better. It's just a bigger thing. It's It's a bigger thing. They own a night of the week. Like it's it's a massive Mm -hmm. entity. So. I get it. I'm not arguing with they you. Own I'm a day. They don't own a night. They own a, they own a day. day of the week. It starts yeah. at noon here. Right. 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 <laughs> it goes till, so, goes till midnight. Like, right. they own the entire day. Yeah. So, to your point, yeah, it's a much bigger yeah. deal. That doesn't make it a better game. Absolutely, yeah. I, and I grew up, I actually grew up a CFL fan. My, my parents always took me to Bomber Games and didn't start watching the NFL till Ben Roethlisberger's rookie season. That's how I don't remember what year it was. I just know it was his rookie season. That was the year I started following the NFL. So, I mean, as a Canadian kid, I I have a soft spot for the CFL, mm-hmm. and now I work for the CFL. So it's 
a win-win. That's kind of where I was supposed to be, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Um, okay, so there's there's uh, just a little less than 15 minutes left. I want to talk about the World Cup real quick and then NHL, all the shifts and moves oh, and yeah. all that kind of stuff that's going on. Do you want to stick around and help us out with that? Sure, yeah. Awesome. World Cup. Do you got a club, <laughs> Riley? Uh, Brazil, yeah. You do? Well, so I'm, yeah, like I'm technically half Ukrainian, but I'm Canadian. Like I've... I'm just Canadian, like third generation Canadian. <laughs> That's just what I am. Yep. And Fair to your point from when we were talking about Valor, we've never had a, a men's team to cheer for. So yep. growing up, I just kind of stuck to, you know, Ronaldo and then Ronaldinho and then Kaká and now Neymar. Oh, and Ronaldinho, when he was at yeah. his prime, man. Oh, yeah. He was the best. So that's just kind of who I've always followed, and you can call me a bandwagon jumper. I don't care. That's just who I can tell you right now, since I was a kid, that's who I followed like that. Yeah, they're, they've kind of always been one of the favorites, but that's just who I follow, so... Big game Friday. I, uh... Yes. Okay, so as a Brazil fan, explain Neymar's behavior. <laughs> I knew Boy, that was Justify yeah. it. it. Justify it. I can't. I, I, I hate it. it. It's embarrassing to me. Like, I'm not Brazilian, but I, I support the team, and that's who I cheer for, and it is embarrassing. Like, when people like yourself will come to me and say, well, what do you think of this? I hate it. I'm not going to sit there and be like, oh, no, it works. Mm. I hate it. It's... That's you know as a. I, I think it ruins the game. A hundred percent. Forget it does. F- forget the the match that you're talking about. Yeah. I think it ruins the game of soccer. Yeah. Well, and there's people yeah. like there's your diehard you know football fans, soccer fans. I am not one of those. I pay attention to international and MLS sometimes, but that's kind of it. Like I don't watch mm-hmm. club soccer over in Europe at all. Um, so I'm not going to sit here and tell you I'm an expert. But from an from a you know, part-time fan p- fans perspective, it makes me not want to watch it because it's it's just embarrassing. So, how many other people are feeling that way? You know. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I get it. I and as a guy who grew up playing, mm. and I I play in the Canadian style, which is crash the net and don't fall down. Right. Right. Like if you get tripped, get up. Yeah. Right. Go yeah. down. Hockey like mentality. if you get tripped, you're, like yeah. don't don't not fall because you were tripped. That's yeah. that's not possible. You were tripped. Mm-hmm. But get get up and keep going. Because yeah. you're going to get the call. Like, mm-hmm. this embellishment stuff, the way that they play the game in other parts of the world, they, especially at that top level, they need to do something on the top level, find these players for these sorts of things. Mm-hmm. They've introduced VAR for the first World Cup ever. This has been phenomenal. The, the, the penalties that they've fixed yes. and the ones that they've called yeah. have on VAR have... They've like, changed the they've tournament. They've changed the tournament, yeah. but they've gotten the call right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunate. I mean, it's a gigantic field with 22 guys on it, and there's one referee in the middle. Yeah, it's a tough job. It's not easy, yeah. and you cannot possibly see everything. VAR at that level makes sense. Absolutely, it does. When it, it comes, it doesn't down make to sense when I play Division One here in Winnipeg. No, it doesn't make sense. No. right? But but it does make sense when you're. At the, at the World Cup, and Neymar goes down like that, or yeah. he rolls around like somebody shot him in the face. When he went down against, I, th- I believe it was Switzerland. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And it was in the box. I was watching that game on my phone, driving to work, because it was 9 in the morning or 8.30 in the morning, whatever time it was. And I could see it on my little screen, and I'm like, oh, that's you know, that's a foul, and they call it, and I'm all excited. And then they reverse it, and I'm like, what? Like, how could you reverse and you it? And then the I replay? watch it, and I'm like, 
that's terrible. Like, I look yeah. at it, and he had – so he's going from left to right, and he's right-footed. So he's going to his power foot. He could, he had an open shot at the net. He could have had an easy strike, but instead he falls back that, in anguish. And it's like – so instead of trying to score, you dive, and then they review it and see that you dove, and now you get nothing. nothing. Now you've turned the ball over. You're an entitled piece of crap. Yeah. Yeah. I th- that's th- that's all I can think about Neymar. And, and it's just sad because he's so good. Like, he's so talented. It drives me nuts. Yeah. The guy has yeah. the skill to be the best player in the world yeah. and chooses to be a douchebag instead. I've had, I've had this exact same argument I just don't about Brad Marchand. <laughs> yeah. I, I just Not that he's the best in the world, no, but he's but very, very he's good. He's one of the best, yeah. And just, he could I be the best. I fail to understand the idea of giving up a scoring chance to... To try and get a, a penalty. Yeah. yeah. It's like you could have scored a goal. Yeah. I, I guess the idea is you like the if they give me it. a right. penalty shot, I have it's a higher percentage chance to score. But when you know there's video replay and you've seen throughout the tournament that they're reversing calls that are clear dives, yeah. I don't but, know why you, you But there's no that. penalty. But I, I think I think with yeah, him, there's now just a diving penalty. There should, or or like, there's one in hockey. The, the league should retroactively oh, yeah. fine him. They do it in basketball. They find flopping in basketball. They should because basketball's almost gotten as bad as soccer. Well, That's but, a whole other story. Yeah. But that, that is a whole other yeah. story. <laughs> also irritating. Smart. Yeah, yeah. Fair, but. <laughs> But the point is, like, if until they fix that, then kids are learning to do that because right. they see their hero mm-hmm. Neymar do that. Yeah. And so, like at the ch- child level, uh-huh. this kid flops around like somebody kicked him in the nuts when when the, the, he wasn't actually physically touched at all. Mm-hmm. It's, it ruins the whole sport because yeah. this guy's being a douchebag. And players, not not just Neymar, but like players that do that. Right. And there there are a few. He's Neymar's just, right the most, now. He's the one that's being. Well, because he, he's by far the worst. Yes. And when well, he he's embellishes... He's the one that embellishes it the most. Yeah. Like, the, oh, okay. It's pretty Where, insane. Where's my Twitter feed? Because I was... Does, like, four backflips. You're like, okay, that's There's a little that, much. Are you looking at the video where he's rolling down the street? That was amazing. <laughs> I saw Even that. I, and yeah. I'm out there, and as a fan, I'm out there liking and retweeting everyone oh, because... it's hilarious. It's hilarious, but no, I just... Here. That's the one. one. Yeah, and then he rolls... Yeah. Yeah. You just, just show it over. Oh, that's It's just... It's him essentially like doing four roll. Like it, it looks like he was set on fire. It like really it's a stop, drop, you could and roll. Do, you could do a roll count for it's him. insane. You could do that for a team if you go over ten rolls on the ground. It's a penalty kick. Ten. <laughs> Try like two. <laughs> but it's but it's also like uh, they should do a penalty kick for every roll. My my favorite one of those was there was there was like it wasn't even a Brazil game. It was just like two guys running down the field and one guy was like pushing the ball. Uh-huh. But the ball was. Neymar said he was just rolling the whole way down the field as they were like moving the ball. He just kept rolling. It was awesome. It was like that's that's some great Photoshop work, right? Yeah, amazing. <laughs> it was yeah. so good. Yeah, um, right. but yeah. So okay, so you can't defend that. That's fine. Who uh, if, if Brazil doesn't win, who do you think is going to win? Well, I think Brazil's going to win. <laughs> <laughs> Take them out of the picture. Because like, um, obviously, you're gonna I, say, and, and they have a very good chance of winning. On that side of the draw, Uruguay. Is, I they think, look awesome. I think is scary, yep. but really any of the four teams on that side could win because France, they all of a sudden have yeah. been rejuvenated, and then Belgium, they're calling it their golden generation. So they're kind of any of those four teams could make it. And then on the other side, honestly, I think Croatia is gonna. I think it'll be Croatia, England, and I think Croatia is gonna get through because they look scary good. And there's no way Russia's gonna. You beat think them. England's gonna beat Sweden? I think so, yeah. Yeah? Yep. Okay, because Sweden looks pretty scary, too. They do. When they're on form. Yeah. 
they, I just I well, think, think that's they, they the fall apart a little bit. Is the when they're on form. They, just, they do fall apart a couple of minutes a game, and yeah. those are the minutes that they get scored on. Uh, right. Th- mm-hmm. They just sort of eked out that win uh, in in the round of sixteen. So. Mm-hmm. You know what's, uh, what's? I just want to see more English celebrations. That's all. Yeah, that's true. That's true. They're <laughs> the most fun. And Russian celebrations. Yeah. Holy. Oh, Russia looks With great. The, well, I think they're just kind of sitting back and playing a defensive game and hoping for uh, penalty kicks. Yeah. So I just, I just don't think that that's going to work against Croatia. Croatia's got too much talent up front, yeah. and they've got guys that have mm-hmm. been there before. Well, and this is Luka Modric's third. Third, I think. Yeah. So I just think it's their time. Like I. I just think they've they, they, they've been undersold a lot in the last couple World Cups, and I think this now finally they're gonna they're gonna pull through, and and they're like on paper that's the weaker side. Who's well. the biggest disappointment this year? Oh, Germany, yeah. obviously, yeah, it, no that, question there. It you, has you to be Germany. You can't argue anything else. I think no, that's uh, yeah, end of convo. Germany, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> I think we don't even have to discuss it. No, uh, yeah. let's move like, on. You, you can't discuss <laughs> yeah. it. So, who's the biggest disappointment? No. Germany. Germany. <laughs> Next question. Germany. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was that was a pretty brutal no. uh, group stage for them. That's, um, it's just embarrassing. Well, I think it's bad for the game of soccer. But how many times has that happened? Like yeah. it's like the last like three in a last row the champions have four I think was I think it four haven't even fourth. made it to the playoffs have they not even made it to the round of made it to the round of sixteen yeah it just I don't know because Spain Spain bowed out last uh, yeah there's Spain Italy and France I think all did it was it France in ninety eight or whatever it was yeah. France won in ninety eight I guess they bowed out in two thousand two yeah I guess the second disappointment is Spain like that seemed. That seemed like a surefire win they for them. Yeah. But they also didn't they didn't play well this entire tournament. Yeah, they've kind of had this, like, they just eke out wins, and then it was always kind of, how long is this going to last? Like they, they finally kind of just... Them and Portugal got out of the group stage in not so convincing a fashion, Yeah, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I, I mean, think Portugal just gets overrated a lot because they have one of the best players in the world. Same with Argentina. Yeah. Like, Argentina had uh, yeah. Messi, that's great, but who do they have after that? Like, if you're... Sergio Aguero, that's a bit of it. Yeah. Like, yeah. if you're an avid soccer fan, you might know some guys, but for just yeah. Joe Schmo off the street, who knows, you know, just the big names, there's a lot of teams out there where I can name, you know, two or three, four guys. <laughs> yeah. They yeah. each just have, like, one superstar, and that's not going to win you a game when, you know, your defense yeah. isn't that strong. They so. have one superstar and, like, above-average players with the Agueros. Yeah, well, like but Spain just, Spain had uh, Sergio Ramos, and they had like a whole bunch no, of. No, Spain has a team, and yeah, they they, a, they that's have, why you could say they're. That's why it's surprising that they lost. They're yeah. like Germany, but it's they like just Germany has a well lot of great a players. They had a lot so of Spain, and but, but for Spain, them to lose, it's like wow. Spain had a lot of great players, but they didn't play well together. Yeah, it's just so it's more surprising that, was, that, that a team of great players loses in the way they did than it would be if a team that's. Only Ronaldo or only Messi. I'm surprised. Quote unquote only. I'm surprised Argentina made it out of the group. Well, they shouldn't have. Yeah, they really they should. <laughs> the way they were playing, they shouldn't. Speaking of making it out, uh, Japan on fair play points was actually kind of cool. That was the first time <laughs> yeah, in the history. Of the that game. was that was super cool neat. Cool a word, yeah. Like I. If you're Senegal, that's I think also it's cool. a, <laughs> I think it's a stupid way to decide things. But well, 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 if your stats are even, how else do you tie break? Do you have another game? You don't have time. I heard an idea today. I don't remember where I heard it, so no, I'm not going to take credit for it. But okay. uh, after every draw in the round robin, you do a shootout just in case. I so the shootout doesn't count, but if there's a tie, if you tie it at the end of the round robin, 
then whoever won that shootout, that's who gets That's not a bad idea. I, yeah. The other thing that I, I heard... Because it, it. it gives you that head-to-head right away. Yeah. I heard it on Tim and Sid. The other one was goals scored in regular play. So, no... Mm. Like, essentially, they're saying no not kicks? from... No penalty or, kicks, no corner kicks, no free kicks... That's, so, no, you you couldn't do that uh, because that corner kick is is putting the ball into play. Corner, then, I can see no. I can see no penalty kicks. Spots. Penalty kicks is no spot kicks. Okay, that's what they were saying. Like if you, which I think those, is better than saying, oh, your team got an extra yellow card. Two, or that's fine. whatever it is, right? <laughs> like I think it's it's, just, it's hard to say yellow. fair play is a fair way to put it. Yeah. A, a team through versus actually scoring. No, no, goals. and I, I wasn't saying it was. It was. It just seems. I, I think you're saying how else other, do you do it at that point? Well, I think there's a lot of other options. It's just deciding which one is the most but fair. I, but I do think that, that is the reason FIFA play. chose that way to do it, and because this rule's existed for a couple of years, they just never had it. It's never happened. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, but, there you go. But uh, the, the reason they instituted it was because they wanted to ensure that yellow cards, like not getting carded, counted. Yeah. Right. right. Like. Playing they want fair to avoid, and playing, yeah. they want they want but, they want teams to play the game, and now like after this happens, now people are gonna be like, oh shit, like we could actually get eliminated just by getting so many yellow cards. Like Columbia got but six does, in one game, and it avoids like any in blowout games. It'll avoid the team that's up from doing anything stupid, right? Like if there's somebody on the other team that's getting in your face or whatever, then mm-hmm. you can walk away because you, you if don't, they're smart, you realize I you mean, don't want to get that yellow in case you're tied with another team. Yeah. Does losing a player, if they take too many cards, punish them enough already where it doesn't affect their tournament? Right? Like if, yeah. for example, if it, if, I, if I Messi gets two yellows in a game because he gets mad that well, his he team is losing or whatever, that's my point. So he misses the next game. Is that already not punishment enough? For the team going forward, where fair play is not a little bit extra, right. but you don't right? even have to. You can get like to lose your tournament over a player taking a yellow card. Like that seems a little bit much. I, I disagree. I don't know. It seems a little. I think those rules exist for a reason. I mean, I think that you know, having been, I've sat out a lot of games because I've accumulated yellow cards over the course <laughs> of the season. Of course, you have, uh, and m- mostly for being lippy. Not, uh, even, yeah. not even for dirty play. Those are the best ones. Yeah. Of course. Usually yeah. it's I get fouled and then I get a yellow card. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid. Uh, anyway, it's fine. Um, <laughs> I think so, it can go either way. T- Timing-wise, uh, we are uh, up over an hour. Let's talk about the NHL real I mean, quick. we're up in over an hour every podcast, so maybe we should just increase how long our podcast goes. I know. We, we keep, we're, we're aiming for an hour, but we, yeah, don't, never, we never hit it. Um, we, okay. we, we were an hour and two minutes once. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that, that was, was, was like six, seven, eight minutes. <laughs> that was Let's luck. talk about the NHL. Holy um, shit. The big one. Let's My talk about that thing. first. Tavares. Okay, fine. Tavares. He ended up in Toronto. I mean, I don't... I think if you're a real hockey fan, there's not really any other option for him to go. But he signed like, seven years. Yeah, but it was always going to be seven years. It was either seven years with any other team or eight with the Islanders, but... If you're really watching, there's no way he goes to the Islanders because he has the whole kind of boyhood team in Toronto. Toronto's actually a good team who will be good for... So he can go back and be with his family. Like, it, it made a lot of sense logistically yeah, I just, for him. I just don't... In, unless he's a player that just cares about the money, which I think it was pretty obvious to tell that he wasn't, there's no reason for him to stay in the island. And obviously he didn't, even with the extra year of deal that he could have gotten with the Islanders. It just yeah. doesn't make sense. That's fair. Uh, any take on that? or? Yeah, um, a few things. It's hard for me to see it um, 
a, on one side because I'm just such an anti-Leafs guy. Like I just <laughs> I can't stand the Toronto sports media. Me like That's, which yeah, is weird for me because I, I actually I'm a diehard Raptors fan and Blue Jays fan. So. There but are Toronto. They're the only. They're, they're the my only option. The country. Right. I think that's the difference. <laughs> and yeah. And but with the with the Leafs, it's just there's you know there's other teams out there that you could talk about, and that's all they talk about. So it, it just yeah. it drives me nuts. And this is just put onto a whole new level. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the way I feel personally. But if I look look at it objectively, there's it makes a lot of sense. He gets to go home. Uh, he gets to play on a good team, like you said. He's gonna they're yeah. gonna be good for a long time. Plus, playing in Canada. If he brings the Leafs a cup, he's going to be a, a god. Legend. He's a legend. And immediately, the amount of endorsement money he's going to make playing in Toronto is going to be absurd. Mm-hmm. And if he gets to see, like, which he should, by the way, if they give it to Matthews over him, they're stupid. That doesn't make sense to me. But regardless, no, no, he, you got to give it to Tavares. Yeah, Come on. and and he's going to be just uh, apparently they're a le- not going to. Apparently, it is like they they were saying at the press conference. Uh, a reporter asked. Um, Kyle Dubas, the Leafs GM, he said, so what do you do with the captaincy? And they said that in part of the conversation with Tavares, he, it it was made known to him that he wouldn't necessarily be the captain of the Leafs, and Matthews is, quote-unquote, still their guy. Now, that that could very well just be them saying, saying whatever Tavares wants to hear, and who knows if it actually goes that way, but... Yeah, I think honestly, either both of them have qualities that could make them captains. It's just which do you prefer? No, I, well, Tavares has been a captain. That's though, I think that's the big. Years, Riley's right? point, yeah, that's the one, big thing. And, and Tavares has been already his experience, his like the way he played for Team Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there, there's 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 no argument you can make for Matthews over Tavares as a captain. And that's what that's what the Leafs are missing is a is a. A leader. veteran leader. Yeah, with, well, that's with, why they went and, after like and as Patrick much as it, Marlow last year. Right, season. and Marlow, I think, the, was great for the, them. He was for yeah. sure, and will be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they went after. But I just think, I just think, to your point, like the experience, the you, you just you, other than the fact that Matthews has been a Leaf for longer. There's no other metric mm-hmm. at, which says that he should be your captain over Tavares. Yeah. And I'm not a big fan of the young captains like McDavid, McDavid. or uh, even I mean, Brandis Cullen. Uh, like, I'm not a fan of that. I, and like, I guess in Edmonton, what else do you do? Like, yeah. Who else gets the captain? Well, that's yeah, well, why you almost need, yeah. a, you like almost need a bridge. McDavid. You almost need a captain bridge deal. Like, you sign someone for two years Make them who's their, their, your captain for mm-hmm. two years, and then... Then you give it to the guy because you know there's a lot of teams with that guy. Like give them some experience. Matthews, McDavid, you know Crosby, like who's going to be there forever, and he's going to be your captain, and you know that. Yeah. But in my opinion, it, you should have a but veteran guy as. That's kind of almost what Winnipeg did, because like everybody knew it was going to be Shifley, or that it will be Shifley. Right, um, Shifley's your captain of the future, but Wheeler but and Wheeler's Wheeler up at the end of next year. So exactly. is he going to be around? You don't know. So he's your captain, and I think he's done a good job. On I think he's ice. been an amazing captain. Yeah, I think people have argued that he shouldn't be captain. A couple of years ago, there was a lot of talk uh, about like I think a lot should of Shifley that, be the captain now, and I was like, no. Well, what's the it, <laughs> a lot of the, the thing about that is what is the like what's the point? What do you gain from taking the captaincy away from Wheeler? Either taking the captaincy away or giving it to a player who hasn't really shown. That he's this elite talent that he's supposed to be. When they gave right the now, captaincy. yeah, now, now obviously Shifley has shown that he's that type of player. He's for sure coming, and, and he a, will be a captain probably a at leader. the end of next season. Yeah. What are some other uh, notable trades that you wanted to talk about? 
Well, I for think movements. One thing that I thought was funny is uh, Leo Komarov, who was an ex-Leaf, signs with the Islanders. So it, it, you kind of have to really think outside the box, but they yeah. essentially traded Tavares for Komarov, mm-hmm. which I think is insane. That's not a good trade. Well, if well, you look, <laughs> if you look at it, so Lamorello, Lamorello went from um, Toronto to New York. Yep. He gave them their best player. Yep. And then, well, not, I mean, he, he was unable to s- secure. Yes. And then he, he helped them clear cap space on top of that. Which she's still basically helping the Leafs, which yeah. is hilarious. I, I saw this thing on Twitter. It's like, obviously, it's a joke, but it's. Is Lamarillo the like sleeper agent? Yeah, 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 that's exactly. what it seems like. <laughs> well, he's yeah. done everything to help them. He he took salary from them yeah. and he traded. Obviously, it wasn't his call with Tavares, yeah. like we said. But it's just funny to see that it essentially boiled down to Tavares for Komarov, which is just like if that that's, was a trade, holy, you got fleeced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not that's it's not an even yikes. swap. But um, I, I think the second most kind of eye-opening thing is that Roman Polak who, again, used to play for the Leafs. Mm-hmm. He had 12 points last season. Granted, I don't think he's someone that you bring onto your team to score or assist or whatever to gain points. But he gets a $1.3 million contract with the Stars, which is a $300,000 raise from what he was making with the Leafs. And wow. to me, it seems like they're just signing players for the sake of signing players. It's like everyone has been saying when he was in Toronto that he was not after this contract ended, that he wouldn't be on another NHL Not team. An NHL and immediately, team. the first day, he gets snapped up by the Stars. It's like, what... What are the Stars doing? Yeah, exactly. It's not Obviously, it's not on the Leafs. It's on the Stars. But it, it almost seems like there are teams that are signing players just for the sake of signing. Like, fans are like, well, it's free agency. You like, we want you to something. do something. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? And it's like, well, if there's nobody good, why am I going to sign someone who's bad just because? Yeah. Like that's stupid, mm-hmm. right? But it, it continues to happen year after year. It's just crazy to me. Did we talk last week about the all, the uh, Hall of Fame inductions? Yes. Did, we we did. did talk about we it? We did. Can we get Riley's opinion on Batman? For sure. What do you think of Batman going? <laughs> Batman is uh, being inducted <laughs> into the Hockey Hall of Fame. What's your thoughts? I don't like it. Like, I don't I don't get it. It, it absolutely blew my mind when I saw it because I was like, this guy's... In my opinion, if you're still doing something, you shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. Like yeah, I get that, that's problem that's number one. Point. Right. So <laughs> I get I get that eventually he's probably gonna go in. He's been around forever. Like whether you like him or not, and probably not, he's gonna get in, right? Because he's just he's been around hockey forever and it mm-hmm. makes sense. And then that's fine. But wait till he's retired. Wait till someone else takes over for him because it just looks like such a such a him putting him forcing him, yeah. himself in. Which He's is like putting kinda, himself on a pedestal, is what it seems like. I know what that's not. It's not his decision at the end of the day, but that's yeah. what it looks like to the public eye. I well, agree. People that aren't hardcore sports fans that or hockey fans that would know that it's not his call. It seems like he's just kind of like putting himself in, which is ridiculous. Yeah, that's um, you're telling me there's nobody else out there that. Well, is, I think they just picked a poor year to put him in. Like they, you, they, they well, any year is a poor year. <laughs> yeah, but I think <laughs> my, my opinion, he's done more harm to the game than poor. good. He's this done. one seems especially poor because it was... Because Willie O'Ree, exactly. first they, black player ever to play in the game, the first, as a builder of the game. Mm. Exactly. So you, you take the first African-American player who kind of really opened up a whole new kind of aspect for the league, mm-hmm. and then you put him in beside Gary Bettman, who... <laughs> 
who is like probably the most either loved or hated person in the entire league for the last depends on whether you're a fan of the game player or an owner. There's like owners love him, everyone else exactly hates him, which is it's fine. Like because he has done more harm to the game than good with the rule changes and stuff. Every once in a while they'll hit a gem, but it's probably not his idea. It just passed with whatever the hell else. It just seems like a lack of judgment from the people that are actually like that's a person. We need to put Batman in because he's Batman. But we did we did we talked about this last. Week, so we don't need to go too too, too in depth. Yeah. But I just um, wanted to get uh, Riley's take on that. The one thing that I do want to talk about is who are the biggest winners and losers from free agency. Well, obviously Toronto. Well, we know that Toronto is <laughs> uh, obviously the biggest winner. I think. I don't think Winnipeg made out very well. Um, yeah, it's unfortunate. Well, I think so. You got to look at it from the big as a big picture. So, of course, yes, they lose Stastny, which is heartbreaking for fans because he did really well with mm-hmm. us, and we would have been super deep at center if we would have had him. Mm-hmm. But that would have you taken up, yeah, you, that would have taken up a massive chunk of cap space, and they were already going to go over just for to, just to keep him. And the worst part about the whole thing is the team that ended up getting him was the same team that say, tried to screw us last year. That's a kick And the, the same balls. team that beat us in the playoffs. So it's just, yeah, it just doesn't feel good. That's just a kick. How could you hate balls. a team that's only been around a season, <laughs> but here we are, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. But, uh, it's because they proved themselves worthy of the hate. Right. right? Like, but uh, you've, got guys, you've got guys now in the system. Like, Winnipeg's system is so deep, and um, the Moose, if you've ever been to a Moose game, you know oh, yeah. some of the talent that we've got down there. And um, even at the end of last season, Roslovic ended up coming up and playing quite a bit yeah. of games. And uh, he played in the playoffs and did well. And I think that's a guy you plug, you can plug in. He's not, he's, they were playing him as a winger, but he's a natural centerman. Nick Patan's a natural centerman. Yeah. Um, is it finally his opportunity to get up in the lineup and play, you know, some third-line minutes and maybe actually put some points up? Who knows? So if if he signs his, his uh, RFA sheet that we gave him. so Having um, uh Having spent some time in the Jets organization um, on the broadcasting team, they, the people that I spoke to, there seems like it's more likely that Batan is more trade bait now. Absolutely, yeah. Because he, he's just, the amount of skill that he's shown versus the age that he is, a lot of people feel that he can, you can gain more on the market for him than you can actually having him play. I now, agree. I think. Losing Stastny definitely helps his position in the team, but at the end of the day, I think there's a lot of players at center for the Jets and right. for the Moose that can play, um, that are one on cheaper contracts, and possibly have more upside based on their age and how they're playing right now. So I think he's a fantastic piece for trade bait, and I'm an, mm-hmm. I'm a fan of his. I think he's a great for player sure. and he's a great guy too. But uh, I, from a business standpoint, it just makes sense. Yeah, unfortunately. I agree. Can, can we throw out that one of the biggest losers is Ottawa? Yes. Well, I think there's there's two. I think big they're going to be losers for a while. Yeah. yeah. I think firstly the other winner is St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Um, they lose their kind of starter, kind of backup goalie in Carter Hutton, but they gain um, Tyler Bozak, they gain Ryan O'Reilly, and Perron, right? And David Perron. Um, so I, I don't. That's a quiet one. I didn't realize that. Because yeah, those they, all happened like so far apart. I didn't realize exactly. That. But they, yeah, they gained see, a you lot. Didn't get the yeah, they, like, that's actually a good well, one. They they have one of the top defenses in the league with Pareko and um, Petrangelo, and Bomeister's a couple of guys there. behind them. Yeah, they're both still. No Bomeister, is he still there? Uh, 
I think he's on Florida, but I could be wrong. I'm not sure. Anyways, they have a, a, a solid defense. Jake Allen is kind of here and there, so they'll probably have to find a pretty good backup. He definitely has flashes of brilliance, that Jake Allen. Well, so did Carter Hutton, right? They're mm-hmm. both kind of like, are they starters? Are they backups? Do they oh, play 40 games kind of thing? Yeah, it's um, the uh, Pavs. Hutchinson conversation from yeah right? pretty yeah much. from a couple of years ago yeah but now they they have kind of the offensive talent too they had you know obviously Tarasenko mm-hmm. um, but now and now they uh, have like a, a number one center and they have a, a lot of more depth than they did before so I really as a Jets fan I that's a team that I'm scared it's a of scary team yeah and who's the was Braden Shen the one who got hurt towards ACL early in the year. That he just got cle- medically cleared to come back too. So there's another kid that's Yes. <laughs> yeah, their, their right, team well. just gets scarier and scarier as the kind yeah. of seasons go by. And it's just it's not even and like they, and like you said it's quiet. Like they just I They mean, just yeah. quietly well and like yeah. that's how they've been up until last year where they didn't make the playoffs. They were and they almost did. When they were selling at the deadline, they still almost made the playoffs. So yeah. with all these additions, yeah, in especially in our division. Mm-hmm. You got now. You got Nashville, and I think Chicago's kind of now regressed. And I, but still, yeah, well, those two guys there. You never know. I think the big ones for Winnipeg now are Nashville, St. Louis, and even Dallas. Dallas is always um, Dallas is kind scary, of, but they're kind of right yeah, there. You think, never know what Dallas is going to do yeah. year to year. They're yeah. a team where because they could run they everybody over, stay, or they could be like, "Will we make the playoffs? Will we not yeah. make the playoffs?" They essentially <laughs> need two things to keep kind of keep themselves in playoff contention and that is they need to be healthy because they have obviously like Tyler Sagan, Jamie Benn, um, John Klingberg on defense. Um, but if, if Rajlov, but if kind of if any of those players get injured for kind of su- substantial time, they start to really kind of tank. Um, the other thing How's your need, baseball game by the way speaking of your broken ankle? Uh, like injuries, <laughs> tanking players. <laughs> Sorry, a softball injury. A softball, major softball injury. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, gross. Yeah. Um, Snapped it going over first. You said. Yeah, Sorry. I did. Jesus. Yeah. You when you yeah. hear a snap, I've never really like other than fingers. Yeah, I heard a nice snap. It was a little Ugh, scary. Yuck. Yeah. yeah I gross. hate that sound. <laughs> yuck. But yeah, the other thing that Dallas needs, just to finish off my point, is yeah, uh, <laughs> they need consistent goaltending, which they have yes. really never had. Like. Like they, they they acquired Ben Bishop and everyone said oh my god they're gonna be like a playoff team immediately they're they're a great team they have offense they have defense now they have a goaltender and he's been either injured or inconsistent it's like if he can play well they're gonna be a scary team and it's just a matter there there's a lot of teams like I, I don't know what's gonna happen with uh, Vegas this year they, well they're gonna know. be better for sure you think they're gonna be better they oh, lost James yes. Neal Perron. Uh, didn't lose a couple other guys? Yeah, I still think they're going to be better. Like, they, like because they had a whole bunch of guys just as good up for renewal. This I don't year. think. Yeah, it's hard to say, right? Because I think they do still have a lot Th- of. That's free what I'm, agents. I'm wondering. Like, are they going to be good? I got. I'd have to look at their roster, but I, I don't. I mean, all I last gonna, year I, I kept. Gonna, I think they're going to be good. All last year I kept better. saying they were going to regress, and it just never happened. So I mean, don't listen to what I have to say. Yeah. But <laughs> they, I, I think they are going to regress this year, and and whether they make the playoffs or not, I don't know. But I could just see them not being very good for the next couple of years. But they at 
the expansion draft, all they did was load up draft picks for the next like four mm-hmm. years. So they yeah. might not be good for the next few, but then they're going to be very good. We, we counted it once. How many how many first round picks do they have over the next four years? Like, it's like stupid. Twelve or yeah, something. Make yeah. sounds about right. <laughs> well, like, they also have over the next four years. They, they also have a lot of first depth round picks. picks. Like they have they have no they first have round picks no. this year coming. Though. They had like three no. seconds, two no. thirds in they, like the next couple of years. It's just like, crazy. Th- this They'll year coming, one. they don't have. Well, they have the assets but, to trade for one if they want to. Yeah, but they, but have, they have extra defensemen, extra draft picks, whatever, whatever. But, but they do like for the ne- over the next four years, they have like twelve first mm-hmm. round picks. Yeah. So that's all they, they just loaded up on defense and then they pawn them off for picks. Like, yeah, that's that was what their, McPhee was like. Hey, look, look at all this cash. Everybody needs defense. That's a defense. Well, that, that's their, yeah, that's the that's same their thing. Currency. Yeah, <laughs> they're like the currency for George McPhee was defensemen. Yeah, which everybody needed because that's like. Everybody just a commodity needs. in the league. Yeah, you right? It's easy to find a, a left winger or a right winger. Oh, you need a center? Okay, well, take one of your wingers and turn him into yeah. a center. But you, how do you turn a center into a defenseman? You, you, no, you that's not a thing. Right? But we yeah. are going, we're way over time. We're, um, we're almost at a minute, an hour 20. So that's, uh, let's say that's, that's average. Yeah, that's, that's actually our longest one yet. But uh, <laughs> it's our longest overrun. But uh, thank you so much to, uh, to Riley Smith of the uh, Winnipeg Football Club, who uh, works for the Bombers and probably very soon, officially, the, uh, the Valor FC. Thanks a lot for the, uh, for the insights you brought us and a uh, great conversation. Um, anything else you want to throw out there? Obviously, thanks for coming. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, thanks again to Drew uh, of New Spades for our intro voiceover. Really appreciate that. At New Spades Sound. Check them out. Uh, follow us on, uh, you can, I mean, you can get our podcast pretty much everywhere, but if you go to anchor.fm slash DYST for Did You See That, it'll tell you all the places you can uh, subscribe to and download and listen to our podcast. Uh, you can join our Facebook group. It's pretty awesome. Um, we, we talk about a lot of sports throughout the day. Uh, usually it's me, just me asking questions and bitching about stuff, but, but uh, we do get some engagement on there. So, um, Thanks a lot, guys. We really appreciate it. We'll see you next week. Visit BetEase.com. That's B-E-T-E-A-Z-E.com for all your sports odds, info, and everything else.